Alright, so we're in the middle of the 14th letter. Sorry we missed last week. Um, and we're talking about the category of mitzvahs that's called Avaida. Avaida of Hirsch, he translates the idea of Avaida. It's stepping away from our daily life with all its activities to regain the truths which we ought to have taken a heart in our lives but which we let slip away, etc. So again, we spoke about last week already the idea of Avaida. Um, tefillah, carbonis is all under the category of Avaida. And the idea that tefillah is an outpouring of some sort of inner emotion of her says, it can't be. I mean, uh, how can you have a chiv to daven three times a day? How can you have, uh, you know, a specific words, you know, prescribed siddur with, you know, they tell you, right, davening, if it's about your emotional connection to Hashem, then, well, you know, you should, uh, whatever you feel, that's what you should say. Right? But uh, tefillah is, is much more the other way. Tefillah, like Lashen Hispalel, is a Lashen of taking these ideas and absorbing them in you. Right? Tefillahs are, like everything of hers says, it's so much more about influencing a person and influencing him and his behavior and his perspective than it is influencing Kaviyachal Hashem, like trying to convince Hashem to give you, uh, to let you win the lottery, which, by the way, I did not win last night, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> So, not unfortunately, unfortunately. All right. So, um, all right. So, so, uh, so, and so we spoke last time, right? We spoke about the different types of tefillahs, right? Um, and this is a reflection of Karbanis. Karbanis was the same thing. Karbanis was coming to Hashem and, you know, through symbolic action or together with symbolic action, you know, putting forth a certain idea. And now he's going to go through different categories. It's very interesting that in the 19 letters, he kind of writes it a little bit differently than he does in Horeb. So we'll read it in the 19 letters and then I'll kind of speak out a little bit about <coughs> his perspective in Horeb. But he talks about different types of davenings, right? So on the bottom of page 190, you have first of all, he says, Tehillis, words of praise that express the perception of God as revealed in nature, in the world, and in Yisrael. Right? So Tehillah, we know is praise, it's a lashon of Halal, it's a lashon of Tehillah, right? Um, and it's the idea is, it's things about... You know, it's about Hashem as He's revealed the nature of the world and man in Yisrael. Whereas tefillah is devotional praise that lead us in relation to these concepts to evaluate our own selves and our tasks. So let's let, let's break that down. Tehillah is you know think about Pesuket de Zimra for example, right? Pesuket de Zimra, you know, we talk about praising Hashem. Everyone talks about praising Hashem, but Pesuket de Zimra there's not as much praising Hashem as you would think if you actually get down to it. Right? Even look at like the very first, uh, the very first, you know, capital, uh, not capital, it's the very first piece in Psukkah de Zimra, right? It comes from Divrei Hayamim. Hashem Right? This comes from Divrei Hayamim. And what is it about? It's all about, it's telling you, Kiru call out on Hashem's name. Tell the nations of the world about the actions of Hashem, right? Shiruloi, Zamruloi, Sinkta Hashem, Sikhlu talk about all his wonders, etc., etc. Right? Haidu is not, you're not praising Hashem, you're talking about praising Hashem. Right? Like, what, what, what exactly is happening over here? Right? Ashray, most of Ashray is not praising Hashem. It's just talking about praising Hashem. You're not actually praising Him. Right? And so much of, so much of, uh, of, uh, of Suki de Zimra, it's not about praising Hashem per se, but it's about the correct perception. Right? It's about... Hashem, but it's also about your role in this world. What are you meant to be? You're talking about the role. Haidu is the role of Klai Yisrael in this world among the nations, right? It's tell Klai Yisrael, right? right? Tell the families of the world that they should give everything to Hashem. Right? This is this is the uh, this is what the, the role of Klai Yisrael is, right? So Tehillos are kind of 
ideas about Hashem, about the world, about Klai Yisrael. Tefillah, he says, is the same idea, just kind of more personal. It's taking these ideas and talking about your own obligation in it, right? So again, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, this is mostly Pesukah de Zimra, mostly Berchus Kriyashima. We're talking about Hashem creating the world. We're talking about Hashem creating the sun, the moon, the stars. Yitzhah right? What are we doing over here? We're, we're, we're reminding ourselves, we're ingraining in ourselves the truths about Hashem and the way Hashem interacts with this world. Right? We're talking about Hashem taking us out of Mitzrayim. We're, taking, we're talking about that's history. What are you doing there? You're talking about history. Because again, these are foundational ideas that are meant to be ingrained in us and we live our lives based on these ideas. Right? Klai Yisrael, the whole Torah is based on And so this constant reminder, even Kriya Shema, Right, Kriya Shema, you say Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeno Hashem Lekeno. That's a declaration that Hashem is one. That's an idea that you're supposed to remind yourself. And then, by the way, the rest of Kriya Shema, or like a big chunk of it, right, is talking, is talking about talking about it, right? Okay, big machlegas in the Gemara, whether Shema is talking about Shema, or is talking about Torah, right? B'Shach Mechal V'Kamecha, is that talking about Torah, is that talking about Shema? Right, we saw yesterday in the Daf, right, uh, that if you say Shema in the morning, evening, it's a time of Torah, because B'Shach Mechal is going on Torah also, right? But again, you're talking about putting on tefillin. It means you're talking about, you're supposed to put, you know, Shema Yisrael in your tefillin. But like, so what do you have to say it for? What do you want, right? And the Gemara has different sheets about what's part of Shema, right? The idea is because these are ideas which you're supposed to ingrain in yourself. You're supposed to remind yourself about not only the truths about Hashem, but about your obligation, right? That a person's supposed to be Isaac and supposed to be thinking in Torah Meshach, right? And that's an idea which you're supposed to remind yourself. Right? So Pesukah de Zimra is filled, filled, and Pesukah Kriya Shema, Kriya Shema, these things are filled with ideas about Hashem, about Klai Yisrael, the role of Klai Yisrael, the role of human being, the destiny, right, of Klai Yisrael. And again, and all that has to be made personal about your own personal obligation in it. So, you know, understanding the words of tefillah are become very important here. You know, it's important to understand what you're saying. And uh, it's very hard. Pir Shamilis is one of the hardest things, right? It's because it's, first of all, a lot of different pshatim. And you know, to get nitty-gritty in every single word might not, you know, might be too difficult. But just understanding the themes. Right? How many times do you think about Haidu? Right? Well, what's the theme of Haidu? Haidu is, 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 is your message out to the rest of the world. Right? The Gemara says that the Avastar the, the, Abnasim maybe says that Haidu was Nisakin. It's interesting. By the way, this is a side, very fascinating point, and it's something which I, 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 I keeps me up at night. Well, not really, but you know, so, so to speak, right? Is a uh, haidu comes from divrei hayamim. Divrei hayamim, it's perek tezvav or tezayin is haidu. Haidu Hashem kiru b'shmai until haidu Hashem kizav chazday v'imo Hashem l'kayishen That's all. That's from divrei hayamim. There are also two kapitlach tehillim that are almost identical. Right, the first half of Haidu is almost identical to I think Kapitel Tzadi Zayin, and uh, the second half is almost identical to, to Kapitel Kavav. Or look it up; it's one of the right. There are small differences. What? Kafei, Kafei. Right? It's almost identical. There are some small interesting differences, and like trying to figure out the differences. The Malbim Kedarke has a Mahalach. The Radak and Rashi both say, yeah, it's similar, close enough. You know, like one place it says Yitzchak, one place it says Yitzchak. One place it says Avram, and other place it says Yisrael. That's an interesting. Uh, but again, the, the Masechta say from the Avraham Nassim says that this was when David. The Yom it says when David Melech brought the brought the Aaron, he put it into the special room when he took it. Right? He, he said Haidu. It's a, it's calling out to the rest of the world. It's calling out to them and inviting them to uh, to, to to know about Hashem. Right? This is a, this is the Mishpacha Yisamim telling Klai Yisrael, looking forward to the day when this is not praising Hashem per se. This is this is this is giving you a mandate. This is this is reminding you of the important and fundamental idea of what a yid is, of what your role in this world is. 
Tfila are ideas. It's like a meditation. It's Musr. That's what we said last time. That's what we said. This is the Musr, the built-in Musr of a Yid is Tfila. And it's not that you're supposed to feel inspired to Davin. Davening should be inspiring you. You should be thinking about it and contemplating it. And, uh, and, and with that, you're able to survive the day. It's very difficult to live, to live a life with all the distractions of life, with all the difficulties and challenges that a person confronts day to day. How do we stay loyal? How do we stay honest? How do we stay committed to the Torah? That's what Avayda is. Avayda are the means by which we, we, we sharpen the soil, the means by which we stay inspired and connected. Not in a you know, uh, modern you know, connection like they talk, connected, so to speak, you know, uh, but connected to what your role in this world is. So that's Tehillus and Tefillus. Bakashas and Taida, so here he puts the two together. Bakasha, words of supplication and thanks. Right? Taida is thanks, Bakasha is supplication. Acknowledgement that the entire future lies in Hashem's hands, as did the past, and a vow of where we have failed so far in our life. Right? So, Bakashas is, is asking Hashem for things, Taidas is thanking Hashem for things. Right? So, in other words, you're recognizing, thanking Hashem means you're, you're acknowledging that everything came from Hashem. For the same thing, by a Bakasha, you're asking Hashem by acknowledging that everything comes from Hashem. So, in other words, the, the idea here is, is that the mechanism by which Tfila works. Rav Hirsch is not getting into, right? The idea that you call out to Hashem and He answers it, that's not the main part of tefillah, like your main part of davening Baruch Aleinu, I, the way I understand it, is not to ask Hashem for Parnassah, right? You're, you're acknowledging Hashem as the source of Parnassah, right? That's the idea. Right? If you look at all of tefillah, is the Lushen, it's always a Lushen Rabbin, right? It's always Baruch Aleinu, right? You're not, you have a little, people like to say the Hirasa, because people always like to get very specific, but like, it's an, it's an expression of the Rabbi Hashem is the source of Parnassah. Right? And the same thing with Taita, thanking Hashem, realizing that it all came from Hashem. And then he says, Tachinois are humble appeals expressing our effort to rise above our failures. Right? Tachnun. Right? It's, a, it's, it's, you know, kind of tshuva and recognizing that you did something wrong and kind of, you know, working. So in all of these things, really, it's not so much about getting something from Hashem, but it's about expressing ideas. And even when you're asking Hashem, what, what are you asking? You're acknowledging Him as the source of, of all the things that you're asking for. Hashem is the source of our health. Hashem is the source, right? That's what you're doing. So you're turning to Him, Hashem, you are the source. Grant us health. So again, how does tefillah work? Does tefillah work? What's the mechanism by which tefillah works? Right, so the Rambam, for example, I think I said this last time, I don't remember. The, the Rambam's not clear about it. But it, there are those I saw that want to learn the Rambam. There's a great sefer called uh, Judaism... I forgot what it's called. The guy Rabbi Phillips from Eretz Yisrael. Wonderful sefer. I actually bought it for a barn and he went through part of it. He said he, he thought it was amazing. Um, and he said, I like the Rambam that, you know, the Rambam is a shita on Ashkachopratis, right? When a person davens, Hashem will then give him Ashkach Pratis, right? When a person acknowledges things coming from Hashem, so Hashem has a vested interest in, in taking care of him, and Hashem turns his Ashkach towards him, and when Hashem has Ashkach towards a person, so then uh, things, uh, Hashem will th- make things turn out well for him. Right? So it's not like necessarily the, you know, Bishas Tzara, there's a special Indian of davening, right? Bishas Tzara, right? We even had in today's daf, right? The Gemara says that Kesherim, Kesherim don't, uh, don't, don't make Nadarim. Right? Kashem, don't make Nadarim. So the Achrayim asked, what do you mean? Vayidr Yaakov Nedar. Yaakov made a Nedar. Kaisa made Nadarim in the Midbar. What are you talking about? Nadarim are, right? There's this Bishas Tzara. I think, I'm not sure if the Mashah says this. When there's a specific Shas Tzara, there's a special Indian of Tfilah. Like the Ramban, who holds that there's no Mitzvah Tfilah Dairaisa, he says, if there's a Tfilah Dairaisa, it's Bishas Tzara. Right? Bishas Tzara might have a different you know, mechanism. Hashem is giving you the Tzara in order to turn to him. But in general, it's not so much about what you can get out of it 
as, as what it does for you, the perspective that it gives you, right? And that it reminds you about where everything comes from. Reminds you, right? What's thanking Hashem? Thanking Hashem is for sure for that, right? What are you thanking Hashem for? You're acknowledging that it came from Him. That's how he says it here. In Chayrev, in he divides it up a little bit differently. Tefila, Tehila he has. Then he has Bakasha and Tchina, which are kind of both, you know, asking Hashem. These are, uh, he says, Bakasha is asking Hashem for possessions. Tchina is more asking for more personal things, you know, for your personal health. That's how he kind of divides it up. And he says, you know, he says people either can become very, very content and thinking that they don't need Hashem, right, because they're good without Hashem, or they think, what's the point? They kind of just give up. Life stinks. There's no hope. What's the point of even trying, right? And so, the Bakash and Tchina remind you that things come from Hashem. Hashem is what grants you success. Hashem is what grants you life. And you could turn to Him, right? That's the idea. And then the last two, which he says is Taida and Vidui. He puts Taida together with Vidui. Taida is thanking Hashem for the past and Vidui is confessing and doing tshuva for your mistakes of the past. We always like to, people always like to move in the future, right? We always like to do Kabbalahs. Kabbalahs are a lot of fun, right? We're going to change, start from a clean slate. When we want to clean, it's always Geshmat to start clean. But we have to remember that we come from a past. Like this, this was, you know, the, this is, I'm reading a book now on, on John Adams, our second president, and, you know, the, the French Revolution, right? He said, we want to make a revolution. We're going to overthrow the king. And I, right, what happened after the French Revolution? We had the most horrible, horrible years. You end up with Napoleon. You had the, you know, terrible, terrible years of horror and everything. Because you can't just ignore the past, right? We're not, you can't just start new. We're all a product of our past. You can't just take 30 million people and, okay, democracy now, you're no longer going to be under a king, you're now free, right? I mean, uh, I don't want to say this on thing, but, you know, uh, you know, groups of people that, uh, right? Adams was very into evolution. He has to take things slowly because we're a product of our past. Right? This is what conservatism actually means, right? It's not the, it's you're built on your past. You can't just throw away, oh, we're going to just change their whole society. We're going to change what marriage means, change what boys and girls are, and everything's going to be fine. No, it's not going to be fine, right? There's a, things, things are, we're always built on our past. All right, it's a very, uh, I think it's a very Jewish Yisrael, right? That's the idea of a karasatayv. Recognizing good, recognizing, right? You're born into a world. As much as we like to complain about traffic, about the school system, about everything, how terrible, but you're born into this incredible world, right? You're born into a world that's pre-made for you with, you know, all the luxuries of the world and all the systems and infrastructure. In 1950, the idea that you're going to go to, you're going to fight to get into an elementary school, right? The elementary schools are fighting for you. The idea that there would be Taira, that there would be good schools to send your kids to was unheard of, right? It's a sense of recognizing the past. And with the Rebbeinu Shalom, for sure, recognizing, right, it's not just for the future. It's recognizing that your past came from Hashem and you have to thank Him for that. And the same thing with Averis. And we also, even in, you know, in Shuba, we always like the Kabbalahs. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, Rabbi Yisrael says this. The reason why Kabbalahs always fail is because you have to first have the Harata. That's the first step. If you don't have the proper Harata, your Kabbalah is not going to work. Right? It's just because you're going to start new. Well, what happened last time? The same thing's going to happen again. Vidoy is expressing and acknowledging the past. You can't ignore the past as much as we'd like to. This is the reality, and we have to learn to live with it and build upon it, to improve upon it, but also to recognize it, appreciate it. Okay, that's how he kind of breaks it down in Chayrim. And again, this is kind of Rashi Pratim. And in order to attain all these, he says, Kriya Satayra, right? This is part of Aravaida, his reading of the Taira, the source of all concepts about life and all his wisdom. Right? Taira, the Ezra's Masakin, three times a week, Maishra Bainu, right? Is that to read from the Taira and listen to the words of the Taira, because this is the source. I know we only read a little bit, but every Shabbos we read the full parsha, you know, and recognizing that this is, this is where it comes from, right? It's all, it's all, it's all the Taira ultimately, and Yid has an obligation. To listen is hard, listening to Lenny is hard, but uh, this, is, this is where it all comes from. 
And he says the culmination of all these ideas and their goal is brachas. And we spoke about brachas already back then, a few weeks ago. But brachas are ultimately, that's what it is, right? Most of davening is related to brachas. Most of the avayda of a yid, right? In every mitzvah you do, right? There's always brachas. Brachas is the fundamental element of the avayda of a yid. What is a bracha, right? So he says it accompanies us through life. Right? Life is always brachas. We're always making brachas. They are the expressions of our resolve to implement Hashem's will in the midst of everyday life. And again, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. You can listen to the shir then. But bracha of her says is when you wish someone or contribute to their success. Right? Oh, this person's such a bracha. What does that mean? It means that this person's, right? You have bracha. It means you have success. I give you a bracha that means either I'm wishing you success or I want to, you know, I, I want to contribute to your success. I want to help with your success, right? I give you a bracha for Shaduchim. You should have success in Shaduchim. That's what a bracha is, right? So a bracha ta Hashem is what? Baracha ta Hashem. You're wishing Hashem success, kaviyachal, and you're dedicating Hashem, I'm going to make you successful. How does Hashem successful? By us doing His Ratzin. Right? What does Hashem want in this world? Is for Kaisal, human beings, to do the Ratzin Hashem. Baruch Hashem means Hashem, you are blessed. That means we are going to do your Ratzin. We are going to be a blessing to you, Hashem. That's what a Baruch is. Every opportunity in every mundane part of life, right? Every time we eat, right? we're always reminding ourselves, we're dedicating ourselves to the Rabbani Shalom. And that's the ultimate culmination. There's no praising. All these things are, are, are nothing in themselves. Neira Sehilois, what we say in, 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 in Az Yashir. Hashem is feared through His praises. We praise Hashem, right? In order to come to fear Him and then, and then, and then do the Ratzon Hashem and keep, what, right? and keep what He wants. There's no abstract here. There's no, 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 I thank you Hashem in an abstract. It's not, that's not the goal. It's all for the purpose of Baruch Hashem, of dedicating your life to Hashem. We remind ourselves <laughs> of the role of Kaisal, of the goodness of the world. We remind ourselves of the past, thanking Hashem for the past, the future, all this. Why? In order to have us dedicate our lives to Him. Okay, I'll finish quickly. If you reflect on the ideas which I have outlined and look at our tefillahs and our entire divine service from this vantage point, you will perhaps arrive at a more fitting judgment about them. He says, we call our houses of worship shuls, from the German word school, right? It's a shul, it's a school, right? And that is what they're meant to be, schools for adults. What is a shul? A shul is our schools. And for those who have passed from the classroom into the mainstream of life, every day you're going to school three times a day and you're educating yourself about what you're here for. It's an amazing perspective, right? Because again, remember, uh, in, the, in the first letter when, the, when, uh, when Binyamin is complaining, right? So he, I'll, read, I'll read the, he's talking about, he says, you know, the effects upon one's heart and life. The heart becomes exclusively absorbed in anxious scruples about insignificant trifles. Nothing is taught except to fear God. Everything down to the smallest, pettiest detail of life. Life becomes a continuous monastic service, nothing but prayers and ceremonies, right? So he's fetching about prayers and ceremonies. Oh, we're doing all day. He says, now my dear Benyamin, ask yourself this question. A body of teaching that calls on us to recognize Hashem's presence in the world and in human existence and to accept His will as our task. That lets, him, that lets us see Him as the Father of all human beings and every creature and every human being as our brother. That turns our, right, our whole life into the service of Hashem by having us act justly and lovingly towards each, other, each and every being and instructs us moreover to teach these basic truths to our, of life to ourselves and to the others. This is basically a summary of the, of the first 14 letters, right? Look, look at what you have. Look at what the Torah is. It's, it's, it's direction of life. It's connection to Hashem. It's telling you what Hashem wants. It connects you with everything in the world. Everything in the world is created by Hashem in order to serve Him. And, and, and the role of a Yid in not only doing the Ratzon Hashem himself, but teaching it to other people, to his family, to the rest of the world. Can this be a doctrine that cripples the heart as well as the mind, that stifles the joys of life and turns men into brooding, brooding monks? 
We're, 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 not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not separated from the world. We're very much a part of the world. Right? This is kind of the beginning of his answer. The next letter, we're gonna give, uh, he'll give a formal answer. Right? He'll actually get into the specifics. That's the reply. But he's kind of building up to it. Right? This is, this is you're, you're talking about Kali, you're talking about the Torah as being this kind of thing, which is, you know, he'll talk about the fact that for, for hundreds of years, we were kind of living in the shtetl cut off and we were kind of separate from the rest of the world. Oh, we'll get to what happened over there and the history and obviously ghettos and all that kind of stuff is not necessarily our fault. That's where Hirsch's big chiddush, right? Is that, uh, is that we weren't that way lechatchila. It was only b'diyavid. We were forced to be that way, but really, Yidim were always meant to be part of the world. Okay, we'll get to that. But again, the, what is the Torah? The Torah is the most sublime thing. It's, it's our, it's, it's Hashem's, you know, it's Hashem, it's, it's, it's calls us to recognize Hashem's presence and calls you to recognize to be this, the most important part in the rest of the world. Can this, right? Can this be a doctrine that cripples the heart as well as the mind, that stifles the joys of life and turns men into broody monks? Can it be that the study of these teachings, provided is pursued honestly and intelligently, perverts and deadens the mind, stunts the heart? Well, you're the luckiest thing that you get to be a yid and, and, and learn the Torah and study the Torah. Again, we'll get to the formal reply next week. Surely the words of the sweet singer of Yisrael, David HaMelech, are not romantic fantasy, but the truth, profoundly felt. And he quotes here, Kapitel Yutes, right? So again, we're not getting, we're not, you know, talks about how amazing the world is, how amazing nature is, right? Look around, and we can recognize Hashem through nature. But ultimately, ultimately, we can't know what to do. And what's actually important in life is, you can look at nature all you want. You're not going to know how to live your life. It's only by the Torah, which tells us the secrets of happiness. What makes a person relaxed? What's going to make him happiest? Is, you know, I'm listening to this, to this podcast. This guy's a son Huberman. You ever heard of him? Huberman, uh, Jordan Peterson had him on. He's like a scientist, and he's giving science advice for life. His science-based approaches to everything, and how much to sleep, and when to get up, and what to eat. And how, We do all the studies. This is going to make a person happy. You're going to sit there, and you know, the first three hours, make sure you get 10 minutes of daylight, and then in the end of the day, and then you sleep with this, and the red light and the blue light. Right? You know, that's not happiness, right? You could study nature all you want, but the, Hashem who created us is the one who created us. He created nature, and he also gave a Torah. And you're not going to be Meshivas Nafesh. You won't be Mesam Chilev unless you follow the laws of the Torah. And that will bring true happiness. And that's ultimately the greatest privilege. And so the opposite, right? You think so you think the Torah brings a person down. You think the Torah holds people back. The exact opposite. It actually brings a person to the greatest happiness, the greatest joy in life, and the greatest purpose. Hashem, we'll see more next week.